Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, it's Jen. You know Jess and I often talk about how Aloe Moves helps us stay fit. But May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I really wanted to point out how amazing the site and app are for mental health as well. It is so easy for me to get stuck in a rut mentally or get stressed out or feel lonely when I'm working from home. I'm guessing you've all been there too. But I found that a much more productive way to deal with those feelings or even just like a bad day is to hop on allomoves.com and reset. Allo Moves is the award-winning on-demand streaming wellness platform app and website that has workouts, mindfulness, nutrition, self-care, and more to help boost your mental and physical well-being. I also love that I can take the same class as friends or connect with other members in the community comments. Allo Moves really brings people together. Lately, I have been very into the five-minute relaxation body scan with Susie Mark Shifflin. Guys, Susie is the most soothing instructor. She incorporates these sound bath sounds into her head-to-toe relaxation exercise. It's so easy to do. Obviously, there are also yoga classes and exercise classes and so many other things you can learn and check out on allomoves.com, but I just had to share that one with you. Find yourself together when you join Allo Moves. Join the community on allomoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com, code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's allomoves.com and the code is MASCARA20. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey everyone, hi, it's Jen, and I know it's Wednesday, but we are taking the week off of our usual news style episode to get some things in order for upcoming shows, but I thought this would be the perfect time to air an interview Jess and I did all about red lipstick and red lips in general. So in this episode, we speak with Rachel Felder. She's a journalist who specializes in writing about trends, fashion, and beauty. Her work has appeared in the New York Times, the Financial Times, and many others. She's written several books, including Red Lipstick, which she published in 2019. So that's when we interviewed her to celebrate the launch of the book. And in this interview, you'll hear her talk about how red lipstick is having a moment. But I would argue its moment is even bigger now. 
or maybe this fall and this winter, red was just kind of everywhere. And here we are on Valentine's Day, whether you celebrate or not, and whether you're going out or not, red is the color of love and power and strength. And I thought, what better time to revisit this interview than now? So without further ado, let's go back in a little time machine. Here's Rachel Felder. Welcome, Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I listen to this podcast, so yeah. it makes me super happy to be here. Oh, that's so great. Good. Okay, so who do you think you are writing about red lipstick? <laughs> Why are you the expert on red lipstick? No, let's say it differently. How could anyone else on the planet be the author of the red lipstick book? This is my book. I have been wearing red lipstick every day for decades. I go to the gym in red lipstick. I will never leave the house without red lipstick. Even if I'm walking the dog, there's red lipstick on. So the the real accurate answer to that question is um, – how could I allow any other author to own this subject? Because this is my subject. And you have experience as a beauty journalist, right? So it's not. Oh, yeah. I've written extensively about beauty for many outlets, including a lot for The New York Times and others. And I write a lot about um, beauty and fashion and craftsmanship in the context of real life. And that is what most interests me about red lipstick, actually, that it's a reflection of the zeitgeist mm. of many periods. And uh, so, yes, this is my field of expertise, really, truly, but it's also my civilian field of expertise. It's a passion. It's a passion, yeah. And it's sort of become a de facto trademark, not on purpose. It just happened that way. So you mentioned, you know, like the zeitgeist and how it has like this historical kind of, you know, connection that makes it so interesting more than, let's say, like, you know, mascara or, you know, maybe there's a mascara book being written right now, but you know what I'm saying. Maybe so, we should write that yeah, book. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Can you stay away from that? Fine. <laughs> okay. if, 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 this gotta... one, if this one sells really well, the follow-up could be <laughs> like pink bizarre. lipstick or primer. <laughs> primer. <laughs> yeah. But that was a good example. Primer doesn't really have yeah, the same Exactly. Like somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> primer, like um, glossy sticks. I don't know. But let's talk about the history of red lipstick. So when did people start reddening their lips and, and why did they do it? So people started reddening their lips so many hundreds of years ago, around 2500 BC. And some of it was just that it makes your lips look more attractive. It uh, enunciates your lips in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to get a red colorant from a lot of natural things. So the first people that reddened their lips used essentially ground stones. And through the eras uh, of civilization, different materials have been, including many, many natural materials, have been used to actually make the red for the lips, uh, including cochineal, cochineal, which is, uh, it's ground beetles. Oh. Yes. And Cleopatra used it and it's still used in many lipsticks. That's just, is that carmine? What's the thing? Yeah, carmine? carmine is related to that too. Yeah, um, and you know a lot of these ingredients aren't used so much anymore because of chemicals and, and yeah, and technology and but some of them still are. So, cat remember Kat Von D and um, RMS? I think they both reformulated or made it very clear that they could not have carmine. that ingredient in their lipsticks. Yeah, and yeah. it gives like a very true red. And they were saying like, oh, we had to have an orangey red because we couldn't get that true red because it comes from an animal byproduct. Exactly. So you mentioned the Egyptians. Um, who else is like colored their lips with red, and what did they use? 
Well, I mean, so many in the different eras of time, uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth, yes, you colored her lips. Queen Elizabeth, you know, my favorite story in the book, I have to say. Yeah, you write about this is, in the book. Is, yes, is not, doesn't exactly answer that question, but I'm just going to tell, me, tell you me. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Queen Elizabeth II commissioned a red lipstick for her coronation to match the color of her regal gowns that she had to wear oh, for the coronation. Oh, my God, that is so baller. Isn't that great? And the, and it's called, Bal, it was called Balmoral. Red because her country estate is called yeah. Balmoral, but uh, that was one of the weirdest reporting aspects of the book because is... I, I as I started to dig deep, I found this out, and there were various brands, three of them, that didn't exactly claim to have produced that red lipstick for her, but people had connected dots over the years, particularly in the UK, and made assumptions of which brand it might be. So I called all those brands, and each of them said, "No, we don't. We didn't make that lipstick." They, they, they more correctly couldn't confirm that they made the lipstick. Isn't that how it is with, yeah, with, with the, the royalty? I, I feel like so much of it is like evasive. Like you... Creed used to do fragrances for them, but could never say it made fragrances mm-hmm. for the yeah. Exactly. So I called Buckingham Palace. No, you did it. I swear to God, I did, and I tried to get them to to confirm. And they thought I was just insane. <laughs> and I was trying all these ways. They're like, you don't want to know what Meghan Markle wore today? <laughs> exactly. You're exactly. like, no, I'm going to go back a couple. <laughs> exactly. So, um, no, they would not confirm it either. So I know it's true that it was made, but I couldn't confirm the I, brand name. I feel like Charlotte Tilbury should definitely I reissue Balmoral Red. thinking the same right. thing. Wow. It'd be good, right? Because she has like a queen lipstick, but it's not uh, – it's called the queen. But yeah. it's not – I feel like color. it would be like a peachy pinky probably. It's like a, it's like a plummy color. And it's on brand for her because yeah. it's British and yeah. Um, I rem- just one we were just talking about colorants that have been used in history, and the weirder one that I noticed in your book was blood was mixed in with some p- colorants. Well, blood has been mixed in. I mean, it, there's been certain eras that people have mixed beet juice in. Look, there's a lot of red things. Yeah, and uh, and our modern knowledge of what might get spoiled or go bad was different hundreds of years ago. So, yes, blood was one of the many things people have used throughout Mm. history. So when we think about, like, lipstick today, when did that come about, like the lipstick that you picture? Well, literal lipstick as opposed to lip coloring has only been in existence since the late 1800s. And the brand that actually made the first commercially available lipstick, literally lipstick, was Guerlain in 1884. And before that... um, what we would call lipstick really wasn't in a stick. It was in like a, a pot. pot. Yeah. Right, right. And um, the fact that there was a portable lipstick was a huge development in all this because prior to that time, you had to put on your lip coloring sitting at a dressing table in your boudoir. Mm-hmm. So this really changed everything. So this was for like the girl on the go. This is kind of a, a more, like you said, like a sociological moment here. Yes. What this- were people doing that they needed a red lipstick on the run? Well, you always need a red lipstick on the road. Working in the factories, suffragettes, (laughs) Victorian times, I don't know. Well, I mean, you eat a vinaigrette dressing, you go out to dinner, you need a red (laughs) lipstick with you. But yeah, so basically that was the first one, but that came wrapped in sort of silk wrap. And the first first push-up 
the first lipstick tube was initially in a push-up, and that was, I believe, 1912. I'm checking my okay. little notes here. 1905, sorry. And a then, so you didn't yes. twist it; you like pushed oh, the no. color from the bottom. 1915. It's good to put on the reading glasses when you have notes in front of you. <laughs> 1915 yes. is when you first got it in like a tube. In a in a tube, and it in had. I've held some of those in my hand. They have a little push-up mechanism on the side. Why do they call it a bullet? Because the lipstick that we know today, that was invented in 1922. And that's the bullet shape we all know. And they call it a bullet because literally the inspiration for the shape was bullets from World War One. Oh, how interesting. And who did the first bullet? That is a man named uh, James Bruce Mason Jr. Uh, he invented You don't know it. James Bruce Mason Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> he was an inventor. and But then brands just started to use it. That's so funny. He really yeah. should have protected that trademark, I think. He would have done much better. <laughs> yes. Um, so you talk about, through your book, iconic moments in red lipstick. What are some that have stood out to you while you were doing your reporting, mm. like women and or moments when red lipstick really took center stage? Right. Well, you mentioned the suffragettes, and that's a major moment. Oh, and really? Okay. Yeah. So the suffragettes who were the women that were fighting for the uh, right to vote, for women's right to vote in America, but also the UK and also France, for example, um, they wore red lipstick. That was their armor. That was their virtual uniform. They dressed in white and they wore the red lipstick. Because the magical thing about red lipstick versus lipstick is um, it's powerful, but it's feminine. It's not just we are strong. It's we are strong and proud to be female. That's to me why it's so wonderful that people like AOC wear it Mm -hmm. because it still means all that. And I would- Is this weird? I just got chills. I like this. It's powerful. Red lipstick is. A, I don't know. I was like, yes, preach. Red lipstick is a tool of empowerment that is comparatively affordable, that looks good on everybody, and is easy to pull off. I know some people think it's not easy to pull off, but trust me, it's oh, we easy have questions to pull off. about. Yeah. That. We'll, we'll get there, but but um, I would argue that many of the other uh, accessories women use to feel and look powerful and to communicate power and to feel empowered are adaptations of menswear. Yeah, like shoulder pads or something. Bingo, exactly. Shoulder pads, blazer, uh, quote-unquote business suit. They're all modifications of men's pieces. Mm -hmm. Red lipstick is the feminist tool. I think even heels used to be men wore heels back in the day, right? Correct, like in the 1700s. Yep, yep. Can we just go back a little bit? I was really interested in something that you wrote about the lipstick wars. What oh, is that? Yes. Well, uh, it's it's a perfect segue from women's empowerment because one thing that cosmetics afforded women over the last hundred years was a way to have a really successful career in an era when most business owners, successful business owners were male. Mm-hmm. And there's this beautiful tradition of women entrepreneurs that created lipstick and makeup brands and had vast success. And two of them very famously hated each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was Helena Rubinstein and Elizabeth Arden. And they were contemporaries. And their businesses had a lot of uh, similar offerings. And uh, they hated each other. And so they used to do these things to piss off the other one, like opening salons within a couple blocks of one another, for example. Wow. Yeah. And it was messy, but kind of deliciously messy. Now, what decade are we talking about here? 
They started around 1910, 1912, 1915 kind of vein, and they were going for for decades, really. Mm -hmm. And then there were other female entrepreneurs. I mean, one of the cool things about a book is that you get to you get to bring you get to mention these important people that maybe wouldn't be so well known mm -hmm. otherwise. Like uh, when people talk about that lipstick wars moment, they often talk about Charles Revson and Revlon because he was the male contemporary and the male competition. But in about the same era uh, of the, the peak of the lipstick wars, 40s, 50s, there was an incredible woman named Hazel Bishop. And she was a graduate of Barnard College and she was a chemistry major and she had planned to uh, become a doctor and it was the depression and she couldn't afford she and her family couldn't afford medical school so she started tinkering in the kitchen and she came up with a lipstick formula that was unique and she was a major entrepreneur of the era uh, and you know that was just not an era that women typically owned million dollar businesses. Did she have a brand name that we She might... did. It was called Hazel Bishop. And oh. if you were a lot older, you would know it. Because How long did that last? How long was that Well, around? it lasted for decades. And in uh, the early days of television, she sponsored uh, quiz shows on TV. Mm -hmm. And the brand became so successful that Charles Revson from Revlon felt threatened and uh, started to buy advertising on quiz shows and bought her out and basically oh, drove her out of business. We got Helena. We got Elizabeth. Yeah. We got Charles. Where does Hazel. Estee Lauder fit into this? Uh, she was a little later. She absolutely is like an 50s. example of, right, she started a little later. And then, uh, although it's not lipstick, one of the women that I just think is incredible in this field is Madame C.J. Walker. Mm -hmm. You guys know who she is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Right. So, Do you want to just give a quick explainer for our Yes. Listeners? The brilliant goddess Madame C.J. Walker mm -hmm. in the 1800s. Uh, she was African-American and she's so she had a really tough time in that era because she was female and she was a woman of color. And she saw that none of the beauty brands were paying any attention to the needs of um, of African-American skin and, and hair, uh, which had, you know, needs. It's different. Yeah, it's different. Right. It's different hair needs. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, and, uh, and so she created products aimed at that market, and she became a millionaire, which in that era was, you know, like being a billionaire it's today. Such an important, such an important her, figure in beauty, and, like, we see the same thing happening right now. Right. Her brand's still around. I mean, yeah. she's not, but the right. name yeah. persists. That's right. That's right. I think she's just an important person in the – History financial beauty, yeah. business history of the world. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. Do you think any of like, so as you're reading about the lipstick wars, which obviously involved a lot of players, it sounds like, um, do you think any of that sort of persists today with the way that we, you know, aggressive marketing tactics in the beauty industry? Has there been anything that like has stayed on? Like, I don't know, when you look at how things are marketed to women today, do you see any influence from back then? Not really. I think that was a personal vendetta thing. Would, would they like undercut each other on price and stuff like All that? All of it, yes. Yeah. And one would come up with a cream that had certain claims and then the, the other one would come up with a cream that had exactly the same claims. Uh, remember, it was a different era. It's not like there were organizations regulating advertising the way they are now or regulating labeling like mm -hmm. the people did now. And there wasn't the competition in terms of places to carry your things either. There was more of a culture of uh, salons that you would sell your products in. So that was different too. Got it. It's very different. Um, okay, let's talk about a little bit more modern, move up to Mac. So we're like, <laughs> we're getting into the 70s, 80s, 90s here. 
some a lot of women think of that as like I, they make iconic red lipsticks. And I learned something from your book about Russian red. OK, wait, can I just interrupt that? Yes. makes me so incredibly happy because my goal was to create a red lipstick book that I learned things from yeah. and that didn't mm-hmm. speak even, down to even me. Even beauty editors didn't know about. Well, and that makes me so happy. And I, I mean, I did do super duper extensive research, but you hope that some of the people would that would read this book and appreciate it are your listeners who come in knowing a lot about beauty yeah. and still would learn things. So yeah. that makes me super happy. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about Mac's famous red lipsticks. Right. So uh, there was this moment in the late 80s that very highly pigmented matte red lipstick had a serious moment. And MAC Russian Red was one of the the biggies in that uh, that time period. And it was created actually for Madonna for her Blonde Ambition Tour. And uh, and that was 1990, I believe. And uh, it was super duper matte. And the original plan for that lipstick was that it was going to be called Verushka after the Mm. famous 60s model from the film Blow Up. And... uh, and she wouldn't let them use her name. For oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was called Russian Red. So the Russian comes from her, it, not like indeed. a color of Moscow architecture or something. Well, and I haven't – I've seen the film Blow Up, brilliant Antonioni film many times. I haven't watched it recently. But that period in the 60s was not a big colored lip moment. That was yeah. a big super pale lip and eye moment. Yeah. So I don't – I think it's not what she wore in the movie either actually. Yeah. It's kind uh, of weird that they wanted to name it Verushka. Wait, bef- and before you go on with that, you mm-hmm. actually mentioned something else from your book. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to learn that you were saying that the things that you see in a movie, what the actress is wearing, wouldn't necessarily affect the times of the movie and when it takes place, but what the audience was looking like. For example, Vivian Lee in, um, in Gone with the Wind. She was wearing a bright red lip. She right. wasn't going to be wearing a bright red lip if it was the middle of the Civil War, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. But I guess it was then the 40s or 50s when the movie came out, so that's why. That, this is exactly right. It was actually the late 30s, but that is okay, exactly you, right. I was I, like, no way. Of course they, you want to see yourself on film, so they made it like correct. trendy. <laughs> correct. And remember that in that era, lipstick was red lipstick. It's not like you saw a lot of women in real life wearing pale, pale lipstick. You wore red lipstick. That was the shade of lipstick. So the pale moment was like the 60s, like that kind of knocked red lipstick off the, the for a for while, a for a while. Yes. And this, it wasn't so big in the 70s either. Yeah. It went from in the 60s, that very pronounced big eye yeah, sure. and, and no lip like Twiggy. And then in the 70s, there was a move for a while towards a very natural look, like think of Cheryl Teague yeah. or um or Farrah Fawcett that kind, kind of like of a glossy exactly glossy right yeah. exactly exactly but uh but to go back to Mac they created this beautiful very matte highly pigmented blue red Russian red and uh, when they decided that to to switch things up a little bit when that super matte moment passed as inevitably happens they they re configured their red lipsticks and what became Russian red had a creamier texture and was just about the same color and then the old Russian red is what's ruby woo now. Did you know that? I didn't realize that. I was I remember the Russian red like as, as a as a skew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still around. Yeah. It's, it's more still around. I didn't know but I didn't know that that's the same thing as ruby woo. Ruby woo is the old Russian red. Ruby woo is the old Russian red and if you put them side by side or you wear them side by side Russian red, the finish is different, and I find it a little darker. I think they may have slightly tweaked the yeah. colors, but 
Because Ruby Rue, I feel like, is a little bit brighter than how it... Because I think of Russian red. I think of, like, Madonna when she was trying to dress like Marlena Dietrich. Right. She was wearing darker, that Russian yeah. red. It feels a little bit darker. But I'm not I'm not a, a scientist here. Well, the other thing is, you know, your base lip color affects it. Yeah. Uh, people look in at an ad and they see a lipstick in a tube and they think it's going to look like that on them. Yeah. And the three of us could wear the same red lipstick and look very different. Sure. And then also people have these things they do, like they put foundation under the lipstick, which I strongly don't advise. <laughs> and and so the, the, the payoff is different. Yeah. Or if you line your lips all the way with liner underneath, then that's going to be different. is Jen. You know Jess and I often talk about how Aloe Moves helps us stay fit. But May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I really wanted to point out how amazing the site and app are for mental health as well. It is so easy for me to get stuck in a rut mentally or get stressed out or feel lonely when I'm working from home. I'm guessing you've all been there too. But I found that a much more productive way to deal with those feelings or even just like a bad day is to hop on AlloMoves.com and reset. Allo Moves is the award-winning on-demand streaming wellness platform app and website that has workouts, mindfulness, nutrition, self-care, and more to help boost your mental and physical well-being. I also love that I can take the same class as friends or connect with other members in the community comments. Allo Moves really brings people together. Lately, I have been very into the five-minute relaxation body scan with Susie Mark Shifflin. Guys, Susie is the most soothing instructor. She incorporates these sound bath sounds into her head-to-toe relaxation exercise. It's so easy to do. Obviously, there are also yoga classes and exercise classes and so many other things you can learn and check out on allomoves.com, but I just had to share that one with you. Find yourself together when you join Allomoves. Join the community on allomoves.com today and use code FATMASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com, code MASCARA20 for a 30-day free trial plus 20% off an annual membership. Again, that's allomoves.com and the code is MASCARA20. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia, and guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. 
The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Listen, there are so many skincare products on the market claiming to help reduce fine lines and wrinkles, and you know I will try most of them. But how do you know your products are actually working? Some research to back up the claims. That's why Jess and I are all about Ritual. They created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted a clinical study to take the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual's Hyacera Air is now a part of my skincare routine, and I got in the habit of taking it every day by putting the cute little purple jar right next to my sunscreen. It looks nice on my vanity, and let's be honest, I love that. But once I stuck with the habit, I really noticed a difference in my skin. I am not the only one. In a clinical study, taking Hyacera for 90 days led to a 3.6 time reduction in crow's feet wrinkles as compared to placebo. And it led to a 2.9 increase in skin smoothness. I also like that they're easy to swallow. The capsules sort of taste like vanilla. They're not all weird and fishy like some other supplements. Plus, Ritual is a certified B Corp, something we learned about on a recent episode. And all their supplements, including the Daily Protein and their Sleep Bio Series Melatonin Supplement, are vegan, gluten-free, and made traceable. Do what Jess and I did. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mascara. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mascara for 25% off. I might be putting you on the spot here, but we talked about, we we went up through history sort of with all the red lipsticks in history. What are some of the best-selling reds these days? Well, I I think that's a complicated answer because they're different in different territories. Okay. Uh, for example, the U.S. So the U.S. I mean, I don't have sales figures in front of me. I know that Max top five, uh, three of them are always reds. At least, wow, yeah. Interesting. I mean, you. It's very hard to have a lipstick line and not have a great red. And when you think of the new lipstick brands that have launched over the past decade. Mm -hmm. The the ones that are lipstick-centric, like let's think of... Lipstick Queen. Lipstick Queen, mm -hmm. Troy Surratt, Bite, you know, these ones that are very mm -hmm. lipstick-centered, they are all really anchored with great reds. You can't not do a great red. Um, okay. So, okay, I have a question. So, well, first of all, you say you can't, you can't not do a great red, but also there are so many more colors in the spectrum, too. That's you. Do you feel like that red lipstick is as popular? I mean, you just mentioned a couple of brands that are have great reds, but just from your, you know, your gut instinct, do you feel red lipstick is having a moment right now? I do think red lipstick is having a moment, and and having done the book and having thought about the sociological spin of all of it, I personally think red lipstick is having a moment because we're in a Me Too moment. Yeah. So that was my my question. Like, why is it having a moment? You I, think the Me Too is affecting that? I think it's a the me too? time when women are feeling powerful, and there's another big part of this, which is we're in a beautifully inclusive moment. When, when I was a teenager, I spent a lot of time feeling like my lips were too broad and too full, and this didn't suit them, and that didn't suit them, and I didn't look like this person or that person. Mm -hmm. And we live now in a culture which is gorgeously embracing every version of the way one could look or act or and and that's great and so if the message of culture is it's you should 
own your differences and own who you are and feel proud about who you are, mm-hmm. then red lipstick by definition is going to do better because because the statement is feel proud of who you are and mm-hmm. feel confident in being, in being bold. And if you have full lips like mine, for example, it's easier to wear a pale pink lipstick and, and be more of a wallflower. I started wearing red lipstick as a rebellion to mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. I think today women, particularly young women, feel more emboldened to own it. Yeah, that's a good point. So um, can we talk just practically for a second? You wrote that Dick Page, the famous fabulous makeup artist, he calls red lipstick a neutral. How do you think it's a neutral? Well, I think a, a leopard print blouse is a neutral blouse. And I think— uh, Jess will agree with you on that. It, leopard is a neutral. <laughs> right, I'm sorry. Exactly. It is. Like, you could wear it with anything. No apology necessary. So, Maybe not a floral dress. Maybe not leopard shoes with a floral dress. That's my personal thing. I, but, yeah. I would say you're right. Okay, so right. yeah. It's, it's a neutral, like, almost— 98% of the time. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so leopard is neutral. I would say silver accessories are neutral. Totes. I, right, but I don't mean like a silver bangle. I mean silver shoes, silver bag, mm-hmm. neutral. So red lipstick is neutral like that too. It's It matches everything. Mm-hmm. It looks good on everyone as long as you find the right shade. It's universally flattering. It You're never going to look inappropriate in red lipstick. If you wanted to have a bold lip but you opted for crazy purple or blue or hot pink. Exactly. You might not feel in some settings quite as comfortable, but red is always going to work. And so you said if you find the right one, let's get real practical here. How do you find the right one? So I'm going to answer your question, but I thought when you were going to say, let's talk about the practicalities, you were were going to ask me like, you know, after you make out with someone, how do you deal with the red lipstick that comes off? Okay. How do you? Yeah. Sounds well, like a prepared answer. This. When I go on date night, I bring <laughs> in my bag wipes, uh-huh. like face wipes, sensitive oh skin God. face wipes, because I have sensitive skin. Because the lips. Wait, which brand? I, I'm I'm not naming brands. I'm Switzerland. Going. Sorry, okay. but uh, and and I don't. I think different people prefer different brands. It's okay. less about the brand. Go but, on. Uh, but when I go on date night, I bring the wipes because if you have a fun date night, there's <laughs> lipstick everywhere like a crime scene. Uh, and so you wipe before you're gonna kiss or after? Yeah, you no, kiss after. You wipe the man? Did you go home? Yeah, of course I do. Or the woman? Or the woman. Yeah, sorry. Well, I was right. being heteronormative. Well, in, 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 my, in my case, it's a man, but, okay. you know, to each their own, yeah. and that's so, great, like, too. So, like, come here, doll. I got to get this off your face. Thanks for the date. Well, <laughs> I'm just picturing, yeah, like, like you used to, it, it, like, kind of, you kiss them, and then you take it out, and you're like, let me just get that. Yeah, I, I actually think it's quite sensual to take it off, too. But <laughs> my yeah. Neutrogena comes out of the back. <laughs> this is so funny. Right. So I have all these weird go you. techniques. So, so yes. But to answer, should we go back to the yes, shades? Yes, how do you find your right red for you? Well, I'm you, totally disinterested in that right now. I want to go back to wiping. The, yeah. yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so how do you find the one that you want to put all over the guy's face or the girl's face? <laughs> right. Well, it takes some experimentation. Uh, you want to think about your skin tone. You want to think about how you're going to be wearing it. Are you going to be spending Saturday afternoon on the beach in July? Or is it? are you going to a meeting in February? Uh, you want to think about if you're, if, you're, if you're thinking about a date specifically and you're thinking about how long the date's going to be, you do want to think about reapplication. And if there's going to be a 
spaghetti sauce or vinaigrette in your future, and if reapplying might be an issue. But for example, your skin tone has more of a yellow undertone mm-hmm. to it. So you could pull off an orange-based red better than I could. You think so? I feel like yeah. this is where you have to experiment because when I put on an orange-based red, I feel like my teeth look real yellow. Well, if you put on something that was sheerer, that wouldn't be an issue. And that's mm. also the thing, isn't it? Right. Like if you want to tiptoe into red, you can start out with like a little bit of a sheer red. How that's do you right. tell your undertone? Uh, also, I had Fraxel, you know, so this is not my actual face color right now. It's a like, little bit. It's a little bit off. Right. She's just like, I have a red face tone right now. <laughs> I always have a red face what tone. What lipstick goes with Fraxel? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, the best advice for someone who's listening would be to go to a makeup counter or, or to a store like Ulta or Sephora because those people can help you. Find your undertone. Find your undertone, yes. But a lot of it is just playing. I mean, I figured out that an orange-based red is not the most flattering on me by trial and error. All I can think in my head is that porn line about like, you know it when you see it. Like, oh, yeah, you, yeah, but yeah. You, know what, lips, you know what looks good when you see it? Yeah. yeah. Because that's how it happened to me. Like you go to Sephora, you put on a bunch, you're like, eh. But when you see the right one, it just, it clicks, you feel right? That's good. right. Yeah, that's right. You can feel it. You, so what's, what's your, your shoulders go back a little bit. Like, you stand oh, a little taller. I see what everybody's talking and about. Excuse me. That is the magic of lipstick. You stand taller. You feel more beautiful. You feel more confident. You feel ready to face the world. You feel dressed. I mean, as I was telling you guys earlier, I work out of my home and I put on the red lipstick to do phone interviews and to do work emails. For me, that's more the definition of being in workspace than uh, getting dressed properly. I have friends who are like, I put on my bra when I'm ready to be working. Like your lipstick is <laughs> oh, like yeah, your, I can't work without a bra. Yeah, you got it. It's your armor. It's so great. what's your red lipstick? Well, my answer is Switzerland again. I'm no, sorry. No, come on. You can give a couple. You must have a few favorites that you like. Well, right? I would say that the I'm always cycling and I I use a lot of red lipsticks in a week and I cocktail. So the truly accurate answer is I tend to wear blue reds. They suit me better than others. Mm -hmm. Although sometimes in the summertime I'll veer a little more orangey just because it feels appropriate. Sometimes in the winter I'll veer a little bit more Mm burgundy-ish. But blue red is always the most flattering on me if I had to choose one She's not giving us any names. Yeah. I'm not going to give you any names. Is this because okay. you like, write for the Times and the Financial Times and whatever, and you try and be very neutral in your... Uh... I write for outlets for which I like to be neutral, and because I write about beauty overall, I just feel more comfortable being neutral. Oh. Yeah. Can I ask Jess what her red is? Yes, but I'm not going to agree or... Well, of course or... not. No, but now I want to know... Do you I, wear red I ever? I don't wear red that much. When I do wear red, it's definitely like for... I wear it in like the most classic sense, like a date night or, you know, a big event. Because for me, it's a signal that like, oh, we're doing this. You know, like something is special right now. I don't wear, um, you know, a lot of like fancy earrings or like big earrings or anything like that. So if I want my face to like just look a bit more formal, it's a red lip and like get my hair done. That says like we're leveling up. I don't feel comfortable wearing red, red lipstick every day. Like, remember when we had um, Lucia Pica from Chanel on? Remember, she was like kind of pushing me into a red lip. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't mind it, but for me, it's a lot of again being practical and boring here. It's a lot of maintenance, and some days I don't want people. Almost well, is I don't want people to like look at me. Is that terrible? It's it's, it's not that I'm like hiding. I just like don't want. It makes me feel conspicuous. I think some people feel that way, and I think some people 
do put red lipstick in that special place of special occasions. Yeah. And many people remember their moms treating red lipstick like that, too. My mom never wore red lipstick. Maybe that's okay. it. Maybe it's like I I don't know. I wore it in high school. And then now, like as an adult, I'm just like, oh, just huh. like, let me get by. Well, maybe you'll be inspired by this Maybe. maybe. I hope I inspire people to love red lipstick. You do. And so tell me, the whole process of writing the book, before we let you go, like what was your favorite part? Like what was the coolest thing you learned or just the most fun part but of this project? You're not going to share your red lipstick? Oh, I feel like everybody knows it. I talk about it all the time. Which one? It's it's Chanel and it's um, Experimente. It's Rouge Allure Ink. Okay. And actually Lucia Pica told me she worked on that color. She It has like a little bit of a brown, bluish undertone. I don't know. It yeah. stays on forever. I'm probably going to wear it to my wedding. Oh, nice. That's I'm wearing a red lip to a wedding. That's like ballsy, I wore a red lip it? to my wedding. What I wore red but... shoes to my wedding. Oh, nice. And to my second wedding, when I find wonderful husband number two, I'm going to wear red lipstick again. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So what was the best part of this whole project for you? Hmm. Well, the probably the best part was the time I spent in the archives of certain brands and got to speak to the archivists of certain heritage brands. That was really magical for me. Uh, and some of the stories that I learned were so incredible. Like there's a story in the book about uh, World War II and uh, at the very end of World War II uh, when there was a specific con- – at the very end of World War II – one of the concentration camps in Germany was liberated like they all were. And uh, the British Red Cross, when they came in as the camp was liter- – when the British Red Cross came in when the camp was liberated, they brought in cartons of red lipstick so that the women that had had this horrendous, unbelievable, torturous experience – could have at least something to start with to inch them back to normal. Like to feel human again. To feel human again. Bingo. That's beautiful. Yeah. So there were these stories that were so incredibly moving and and underlined my original theory that red lipstick is a big, deep cultural thing as opposed to just a type of makeup. Are there any cultures that don't like it? Well, over the the centuries and civilizations, there have been cultures sure, that don't like it. Sure, I mean, like, like right it. now. Uh, well, none that I would want to spend any time with. <laughs> <laughs> She's banned from this country because of her lipstick preferences. Right, yeah. Um, that's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing just a little bit of what is in the book with us. Obviously, you guys can see for yourself when you pick it up on it's a treasure your trove. local bookseller, right? It's my pleasure. And yes, local bookseller. There's also a Kindle edition. <laughs> okay. And oh, wow. I, and I have both. And the Kindle edition is actually pretty fabulous. It's a very visual book. There's lots of great posters and like archive pictures in it. Thank you. Yes, very visual book. But also, if you have the Kindle edition, there is a section that gives tips about undertones and the red that might be right for you. And if you have it on your Kindle, you can walk into the uh, the, the store beauty and store and eat. refer to it. Oh, cool. You That's awesome. Too. Congratulations. This yeah. is such a cool book. Thank you so and much. it's very informative. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at Fat Mascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. 
You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Listen, there are so many skincare products on the market claiming to help reduce fine lines and wrinkles, and you know I will try most of them. But how do you know your products are actually working? Some research to back up the claims. That's why Jess and I are all about Ritual. They created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted a clinical study to take the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual's highest hair is now a part of my skincare routine, and I got in the habit of taking it every day by putting the cute little purple jar right next to my sunscreen. It looks nice on my vanity, and let's be honest, I love that. But once I stuck with the habit, I really noticed a difference in my skin. I am not the only one. In a clinical study, taking Hyacera for 90 days led to a 3.6 time reduction in crow's feet wrinkles as compared to placebo. And it led to a 2.9 increase in skin smoothness. I also like that they're easy to swallow. The capsules sort of taste like vanilla. They're not all weird and fishy like some other supplements. Plus, Ritual is a certified B Corp, something we learned about on a recent episode. And all their supplements, including the Daily Protein and their Sleep Bio Series Melatonin Supplement, are vegan, gluten-free, and made traceable. Do what Jess and I did. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mascara. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mascara for 25% off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 